You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I am your host, Al. With me, as always, is the absolute amazing Desiree. How are you doing tonight, Desi? Good. You were making fun of me again. I never make fun of you. <laughs> you I don't know what you're talking laughing, about. And then you went right into intro, like I was laughing yeah. at you because you were doing funny things. <laughs> That's because I'm funny, everybody. Just so we all know exactly. I think I clarify this every episode, but I just want to make sure everybody knows I am funny. We all know. If Trust people me. worked with me, they would understand. Oh, I talk to the people that work around you. They understand all right. I know. You you work <laughs> around me too. Just before it was in the same department, literally a cube, not even a cube away, yeah. a cube away, a couple cubes away, and now I'm a couple buildings away. Yeah, no, nice to have some distance. Kind of is. I have to look at you at work Fun. and at home. You don't have to hear about how great of a person I am at work and at home. Just at oh, home. Oh, God. Now. That would be so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> let's get this uh, thing kicked off. Why don't we? How are I, we going to kick it off? Well, I'm going to start. And well, I'm going to start with a story that about, when I read it, it made me want to do some traveling. Was it about kicking the bucket on Reddit? It wasn't about kicking a bucket. Well, I guess somebody did die. the bucket... And when you kick the bucket, you travel somewhere. This is true. This is true. Anyway, did you know that there is a $2 million treasure hidden somewhere in the Rocky Mountains? And at least four people have died looking for it. I wouldn't doubt it. I'm not talking treasure. I'm not talking ancient treasure. I'm talking it was put there in 2010. What? Yeah. Like Coors? Is there like... No, it had nothing to do with Coors. Well, then forget it. I don't want to go look for it. <laughs> um, a millionaire named Forrest Fenn. Hmm. He uh, said that he hid uh, a chest filled with gold and valuables made of bronze somewhere in the Rocky Mountains in 2010. Does he live on the Rocky Mountains? No. In or around or near? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly where he lives, but I'm... Does it's not in the area. Cabin? No. Um, the treasure has been estimated to be worth about $2 million. Uh, he has given nine clues to the treasure's location. Hmm. Uh, some of them in the form of a poem. Uh, he also published two books, The Thrill of the Chase and the, and the Too Far to Walk to the Forest. Um, so there's this treasure, and a lot of people have spent time looking for it. It's like in the middle of the open. Maybe. Um, Probably. Right? It is somewhere in either New Mexico, Colorado, Wyoming, or Montana. So just a tiny little place to look. <laughs> just, just a tiny. <laughs> yeah. Well, first he started naming off states, and I'm like, it's four corners. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then you said Montana, and I'm like, anyway, that's the, not Arizona. <laughs> the latest person to die, his name was Jeff Murphy, uh, fell to his death while hunting for the treasure, uh, he was in Yellowstone, uh, where he—that's where he thought it was located. So in Montana, Yellowstone yes. section. Yes, of course. Um, now, the uh, person who Forrest Fenn, the man who put this treasure there, he's still alive. It's not like he's dead and gone. He's alive and commenting, <laughs> <laughs> and he is—he put out a, a a message on a blog app. Uh, 
about six months ago, uh, warning people that uh, he was a 70-year-old man when he planted it. So don't go looking in too hard, difficult to get two places. I was going to say open <laughs> spots. Yep. So set, like I said, seven or four people have died uh, searching for this uh, for this treasure. Um, Jeff Murphy's wife uh, did comment saying that, uh, you know, obviously she's very sad. She lost her husband. He was kind of obsessed with searching for this treasure. But he, she hopes that his death won't discourage other people from trying to find the treasure. So... There is a treasure, $2 million worth in a bronze chest somewhere in the, you know, in the Rocky Mountains. And somebody actually knows where it is. I think that's kind of cool. So is there an audio book on this that I can read? I'm sure I could take, I could look into it maybe. I wouldn't mind looking. It's not like I'm going to go in search for well, this. Well, no, it's not like we're running off to. But uh, it is interesting. It, it's very interesting. And like. That would be really cool to be a millionaire and somebody who is in the position to be like, you know what? I'm going to hide these things. I'm going to put some clues in a couple of books and a poem I wrote. I'm going to see if anybody can find did, it. Did he really hide $2 million or was this way to sell two books? You know, that that's a, there's a possibility there as well, I guess. But from all accounts, he is wealthy prior to the books. Like he was an art dealer, a very wealthy art dealer. So... But if somebody died, you think he would kind of put this to a stop? Maybe. I guess so. But he hasn't. And four hmm. people have died. The last uh, oh the last death God. here was in, uh, was in February. So. Ugh. Well, I'm kind of intrigued. I wouldn't mind listening to these clues, but... Mm, yeah, I don't exactly know I, what the clues I are. don't think I'd go out and search for it. Pretty, pretty cool if you just kind of happened on it, though. I think it would be funny <laughs> if it was just on the side of the road somewhere, right in open view, that would but be in a place where somebody normally would not stop unless they had a flat or, tire. I've been through Yellowstone and came out, like went in in, in the Montana end and came out, and right as you're coming out in my, Wyoming, uh, you're in Jackson Hole, and there's like this little touristy place, and there's like some, some like, things that are set up with like some mannequins and stuff set up as they were, you know, treasure hunters coming to look or not treasure hunters, but settlers in, in the old West coming through. And I could see them just placing the chest in one of those kind of displays like that. And nobody would ever look. Maybe it's a tiny, tiny little treasure box inside one of those mannequins Maybe. with a check. Maybe it's just a check for $2 million. There you go. Could be. Perfect. Perfect. Anyway, that's my uh, my opening story about treasure. I figured it was almost a travel story because you could travel and go look if you really wanted to. I wouldn't mind reading the books and then seeing if, you know, picking a few spots out on the map and being mm -hmm. like, let's just go let's look. Go check it. Just go check it out. Let's go look. We'll sightsee why we're there too and mm -hmm. just make a family adventure of it. That Tell the kids, hey, we're treasure hunting. That would be very fun. Except they would both be bummed if we didn't come home millionaires. <laughs> yes, they would. <laughs> so... Okay, well, as you know, I made us drinks tonight. Yes, you did. I made us Tootsie Rolls. They're supposed to be martinis, but I don't like warm alcohol. And usually when we're recording, I just kind of sip it here and there. So I have ice in it because otherwise it gets gross. Now that you say Tootsie Roll, it definitely tastes a little bit like a Tootsie Roll. I know, and I've been like holding in the song. <laughs> 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 Since like I, yeah. 
I almost bursted out in it, and I couldn't think of other fun songs to sing before the show like I usually annoy you with. Yeah, always annoying me with songs. I wonder if you do that to anybody else in your life. No, I don't do that to anyone else in this life. Maybe the kids and my coworkers. Okay. They love my singing. I'm sure they do. Anyways, so my story is, well, I did the drink because normally I have a glass of wine, but I figured, hey... In our honor of our troops, we're going to toast. Well, not really toast. Just have a little drink in honor of them with a Tootsie Roll. Why are we doing a Tootsie Roll in honor of the troops? Well, you've obviously not heard of this then. I have not. So, Tootsie Rolls saved troops at the Battle of Choosin Reserve. Really? I love when candy saves people. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, so you've heard of Choosin Reserve? (laughs) No. But it was the candy part. I like candy. Tootsie Rolls saved the lives of American troops during the Battle of the Chosen Reserve. So, um, the Battle of the Chosen Reserve, where troops were stationed at Changjin Mountain Reserve or Reservoir. Okay. It's not reserve. It's reservoir. Chosen Reservoir. Woo! I'm a disgrace. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's new there? Sorry. Okay, so the reservoir temperatures here, they range from negative 5 degrees in the daytime to minus 25 at night. Ooh. So it gets pretty cold. Yeah. Um, everything froze. Food rations were difficult and nearly too impossible to warm up. And the artillery shells weren't going off with any regularity. Oof. So... Um, There were 15,000 troops that were facing against um, a division of 120,000 men. So they were obviously strongly outnumbered. Yeah, very outnumbered. Outnumbered, your equipment's not working, and you're cold as hell. Oh, yes. So they were outnumbered and also undersupplied. Um, They were nearly out of mortar shells. The troops called for an airdrop using the code name that they established for a trilogy. Artillery, I have issues. Artillery? There we go. Um, Tootsie Rolls. Okay. Uh, to their surprise, when the airdrop arrived, they were not filled with the ammunition, but with actual <laughs> Tootsie Rolls. So, so Tootsie Rolls was the code word for bringing an airdrop and bomb these people. They said Tootsie Rolls and somebody sent them a shipment of Tootsie Rolls. Right. That's so, amazing. But kind of reading through this, it was like the Tootsie Rolls were almost like a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. So what I they, imagine it picked Morel up for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, the chocolate flavored candies froze in the inhuman temperatures. Mm-hmm. Um, but the great thing is the Tootsie Rolls, they're edible even when they're frozen. Mm-hmm. Pop you them in your mouth. Suck on them. Yep. yep. Yummy. Um, this gave them a sugar boost, which was a jolt that they could use mm-hmm. definitely at that time. Um, and then the troops actually realized when they were eating the candies, when they warmed up, it became kind of like a putty substance. You know, when you eat it, it goes from like super hard to it's almost, it's not even mushy, but it's like taffy almost. Yeah, it's like a taffy. But it's putty. So they realized, and then they'd take it out in this putty substance, you could form it and it freeze again. So they were actually using the Tootsie Rolls, um... To patch bullet holes in the vehicle, wow. hoses, and other equipment. And with their equipment fixed, the men collected their injured and frostbitten comrades and they punched a hole through the enemy lines and retreated to safety. Holy cow. So 
the men who survived the battle, they started calling themselves the chosen few. Hmm. So. That is amazing. I thought so. Thank goodness for Tootsie Rolls. Pretty much. Need to go buy some Tootsie Rolls. I, can they be flavored? I don't like sure, the chocolate, chocolate ones. Sure, chocolate flavored. Yeah. <laughs> I like the flavored flavored. You can't, the, can't have the flavored flavored if we're celebrating this heroic feat. I'm sure they didn't send flavored Tootsie Rolls. They didn't have flavored Tootsie Rolls back then. I know. But back then, if they would have had them, there's a possibility they could have got the the fruit punch flavored. It's possible, but I'm so sick of the flavored ones because that's all the kids get at every parade we go to in the summer. Is I like the flavored rolls. ones because chocolate's gross. I disagree. I don't. <laughs> so I got our Twitsy Roll drinks here. So here's to the chosen few. Woohoo! I spilled on myself. <laughs> you did that on purpose because it's too sweet. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a cool story. Inspiring story from history. I, I always like those. I like those too. Those are my favorite types of history stories. I have a, uh, a an interesting... Real life history. I have an interesting <laughs> story <laughs> about a health issue. Oh, a health issue. Yeah. Hopefully it's interesting. A woman goes through life without fear due to a brain disorder. TBI ruined her temporal, temporal lobe? Not exactly, no. Okay, I'm um, intrigued now. A U.S. woman known only as SM uh, has a rare genetic condition that keeps her absent of fear, even in life's most ter- terrifying situations. Uh, she's been held at gunpoint, knife point, Beaten by her husband, inches away from a poisonous snake, but nothing seems to phase this uh, Iowa woman. Um, She's a 44-year-old mother of three, and she has Urbach-Witha disease. It causes calcium calcium deposits to build up in her brain's amygdala, uh, rendering it useless. Hmm. And doctors have been studying her for more than 30 years. I thought, it, like, when I first read this, I'm like, oh, my God, that'd be amazing to never be afraid. I bet she's never going to be covered by life insurance. Oh, I'm sure not. She also doesn't, she also has issues remembering things because a lot of our memories are triggered by fear. And because she doesn't feel the fear, she doesn't remember anything bad ever happening. Huh. That is so crazy. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought it really was. Um. So during very traumatic experiences, she doesn't, like to a person with those emotions Mm -hmm. and fears and things like that, and they remember every single little detail, Mm -hmm. like as if it was just happening again, she wouldn't. She wouldn't. No, she wouldn't at all. And uh, otherwise, emotionally, she feels everything. You know, she, it's not like she doesn't feel happy or sad or anger. anger. She just doesn't feel fear at all i wish i was fearless like that she she did she did say that you know i I experienced joy sadness and anger um but fear was an isolated defect in me she said (laughs) about 400 people are estimated to have this disease in the country or no around the world excuse me um but what they're hoping is that studying her brain and her chemistry it may be able to help people with ptsd if they can figure out how to simulate 
the way she's feeling to see if that can help them deal with the fear that uh, I don't that they see that with. helping. I, that. I'm not, I mean, it would be I'm great. Not saying it would. I'm but... not saying it would for sure, but uh, I just I imagine walking around life and never being afraid of anything. Well, I thought my youngest nephew was like that. Yeah. Because I, there are quite a few things, and I'm like, this kid is like fearless, mm-hmm. and I'm not kidding. And I also thought our youngest child was like that up until he maybe hit two, and then I saw the fear of God in him, and yeah, I'm like, like he's, okay, I definitely got fear. No. He he is scared of stuff, yes, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's like, that's crazy. I have read stories about people who didn't feel pain, and that you know is really dangerous because you can start burning, and you just. You notice it because you smell your flesh burning and stuff like that. But I'd never heard of somebody who just didn't feel fear. So I thought that was really interesting to. That and it's kind of cool. You know, it's one of these stories that she's obviously been studied her whole life because of it. But, you know, her her full name is not even public, which I kind of I, I like those stories. I like when it's probably because keep their private life private. Don't destroy their lives. Just well, but tell the story for one. This is true. So medical science cannot disclose her information because no. of that period. No, of course, medical science can't. But she can herself and she, she hasn't. She could, but I would like. you really? I wouldn't. No. no. I wouldn't want people knowing That's just that. asking people to like... <laughs> push your buttons <laughs> Push your buttons and, and try to see if they can scare and, you. Exactly. Yeah. And I wouldn't want my kids to watch that. No, Them either. not understanding why mom's not reacting. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of sad that she ended up in a situation where she was, you know, beat by her, her husband. You know, in a relationship like that. At least like she that. didn't fear him. No, she wasn't afraid of it. But She might have got angry afterwards. Like, why would I'm you sure do that, did. you idiot? I'm sure she did. <laughs> I'm sure she did. But like, I, I've never been beat by my husband because I've never had a husband. Um, I've never been held at gunpoint or knife point. And she's experienced all these things and had no reaction, which is really kind of weird. That is kind of weird. Yeah. So I'm going to try not to be afraid of my final story after you tell your next one. I don't know. Well, maybe you should be scared of my next story. Okay, maybe not. Okay. I tried. So my next story, it's like a threefer, except it's going to be super short. So it's about one person, though. So I am talking about what's his name. (laughs) I can't find it. I thought you were asking me a question like I was supposed to know what his name was. I'm like, (laughs) I thought I was listening to you, but I really didn't hear you say much. (laughs) You weren't listening Of course I was listening to you. I still am. What did I say? What's his name? (laughs) (laughs) Such a snot. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm talking about Riza Bellucci. Riza Bellucci. Riza Bellucci. So... This story kind of starts in 2014. His story starts long before that. But um, I'm just going to kind of go through what I found in Wikipedia. Okay. So during his journey, you know what? I lied. I'm not. I'm starting with the 2014 article. Okay. So Coast Guard rescues man in an inflatable bubble. Coast Guard rescues Okay. So, um, Riza Bellucci aimed to walk on water in a hydropod for more than a thousand miles and left, or he survived on protein bars, bottled water, and was armed with a GPS and a satellite phone. Like a real inflatable bubble. I thought it was like 
a metaphor for something, not like not like going to be a real inflatable bubble. This is amazing. See the picture of the bubble. So that looks kind of fun. It's made because he's a marathon runner. Uh-huh. So it's made so it works like a hamster wheel in a way, and yeah. then on the outside of the bubble, bubble it has like these little paddles, so it kind okay. of helps so it goes through the push them along. And, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, which I will completely post pictures of this. Um, so everybody can see what this bubble looks like if you don't click on the link on our webpage to see the bubble. Mm-hmm. So, plus it's kind of fun to kind of post these little pictures like this. Like, what the heck is that? Almost reminds me of, uh, we were at a festival thing this summer and our kids got like in this inflated balloon thing and ran on water kind bubble. of thing. It was a inflated bubble. Inflated. It was inflated bubble. bubble. Yeah. It was, I mean, I mean, obviously that's a lot larger and meant to go places where our kids were meant to kind of stay stationary, but it, you know, kind well, of. Well, they were concept. in a pool. Yeah. They threw it, like used the leap blower, blew it back up yep. when the last kid left, threw him in the pool and boop, there they went. Yep. Tossing and running and they pretty much did what he did. Yeah. <laughs> Except they stayed stationary. And so, they were exhausted when they came up. It's because it was humid and hot. But Bellucci 42 ran out of steam early Saturday morning, signaling uh, the Coast Guard for help three days after its its initial warning to him. Um, if you run into trouble, there's no guarantee that we'll be able to get to you in time or even find you, a dispatcher previously told Bellucci. Okay, I'm continuing to go, Bellucci replied. Okay. So when he activated his personal location beacon, the Coast Guard found him 70 miles um, off the coast of St. Augustine, Florida. And then the adventurist who was suffering from exhaustion but not injury. um, So he was pulled by a bucket from the Coast Guard. Okay. So out of the bubble. Yeah. So he, he made it. 70 or it wasn't even 70 it was 185 miles north of his starting point which was about 70 miles from saint augustine though that's is when they pulled him a long way he him. made it so he made it well it's 30 or three thousand miles to bermuda which is where he was headed yeah so wasn't making it that far no but 185 miles <laughs> that's amazing is it's pretty far um and this is november of 2014 so huh. then um fast forward to 2016 he created a website and he was going to fundraise um he wanted to raise money for children in need to inspire those that have lost hope for a better future according to his website which is still up because i went to the website um and he wanted to attempt to do this again so the Coast Guard actually issued a letter to him because it costs $140,000 public funds. Yeah, I was going to say, they're not going to be happy if he's trying it again because no. it costs, I'm sure, a lot of money to rescue and him the first time. And if taxpayers actually understood this, they probably wouldn't be cheering him on. But some of these people probably didn't even realize there was a first attempt, even though it hit national news. So well, they, not everybody listens to our podcast to find out about it, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> but they said um they told him that he could be looking at seven years of prison time and he would be fined the hundred and forty thousand dollars instead of making the 
to public mm-hmm. pay for it, I which I reasonable. feel that's reasonable. I think that's a reasonable. Because he already got yep. saved once. Yep. And there were also conditions that he needed in order to do this by the Coast Guard. He had to have a survival boat that followed him along his mm-hmm. journey because that would save them. Save them the time and money and exactly. resources. and Who knows? Somebody else might be drowning that they can't get to because this guy's being... Uh, an idiot or whatever. Or yeah. they might not be able to get to him in time. That's true. So he has a survival boat there. This is true. So he can just... So anyways, um, seven miles into his journey, the Coast Guard stopped him and turned him back around because his vessel would not have survived mm. the international waters. Well, so they turned him around after s- seven miles into this. Thank goodness for the Coast Guard. Again. So, and then I was reading, I didn't really research it too much, and I don't know if this is completely true, but it sounded like um, instead of going to jail, he was thrown into a psych ward. Okay. So. I could see, maybe, possibly. Sure. He he needed a little help. Somebody needs a little help, yeah. And maybe he didn't need help, but if you're attempting this and you don't even care about your own safety, Mm -hmm. you probably need a little help. Probably, probably. But cheers to him for attempting to want to do it because that's... Oh, yeah. The first attempt I find absolutely amazing and really cool and inspiring. But knowing you get 100 and some odd, almost 200 miles into this journey and mm -hmm. it's a 3,000-mile journey. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And you need to realize that and find another... Well, it could happen if he hadn't... A good survival boat. And well, yeah, if he had the right equipment people, and the right crew and the right preparation, but you can't just you make can it take happen. Breaks in a marathon. Yeah, take a rest, eat a healthy meal. But when you're surviving on protein bars, water, probably not even enough water. Oh, I'm sure not. You're gonna get dehydrated yep. in this inflatable bubble because, like you said earlier, with our kids in the bubble, mm-hmm. they were exhausted and they were in there for five minutes. Yep. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, I couldn't either. Insane. Insane. Hmm. So that's my story. That was cool. That was really cool. Uh, my final story of the night. This is not going to be not gonna be a really long one, but this is one that I would suggest coming to either um, the website, the Facebook page, the Twitter account, or the Instagram account, because there will be pictures. I'm going to show pictures. You're going to make me post cool. pictures everywhere? Oh, You're I can post some of them. Just kidding. Like. <laughs> My final story is about a show everybody knows. Outlandish Outcasts. No. Close. <sighs> Whatever. Close. The Adams Family. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. Oh, I didn't do the thing. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. There you dun, go. Dun, 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 Are we going to get copyrighted for that? Yeah. You might want to take that out. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, as everybody knows, this was a creepy black and white TV show. <laughs> I almost back continued in the day. to sing as soon as he said creepy. <laughs> <laughs> now, the reason I have pictures and I think they're so interesting is they show pictures of the set of the Adams family house. Okay. Exactly as it was in the time. Are and these it in is color? mostly pink. What? <laughs> Now, Ew. the reason it's so weirdly no colored and so abstract miserable. colored is, first of all, if they found a set piece they liked because they were filming in black and white, it they didn't, didn't have to do anything about it. 
And they actually found that pink worked really well to contrast on a black and white TV. So it didn't, so everything didn't look kind of like the same color in the background. Pink was the perfect color to use. That makes sense. Um, in the, in this article that I was reading on, uh, uh, about this that had the pictures posted, they talked about even how even the, the actor's makeup, if you actually saw what they looked like in color, it didn't make any sense. Like, the makeup didn't, they didn't look like even real people barely because all the color was wrong. And but they probably had it was all about white it was faces. All, it was all about trying to get it to look good on a black, and, black white and, screen. and white screen. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool when I came across this. I saw the picture at first. And I'm like, I've seen a million episodes, like every episode of The Addams Family in my life. And Imagine that's amazing. Like, like, that's probably cow. where contouring came from. Somebody saw the actual thing and went, oh my God, they look so good in black and white. Who knew? <gasps> yep. I bet I could make my color pictures look like that. Wouldn't Ooh. surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. So if you'd like to see what the Adams Family set would look like if it were pink, because it was, Ick. come to the website and check it out because I'll be making sure she posts some pictures because I'm... He doesn't do anything. I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was my final story of the night. Well, good job, Alan. Yay! That was your clap. Oh, I got the clap. You got the clap. From who? I just did it. Do you need me to do it again? I got the clap. Who'd you get the clap from? No one. I don't need the clap because I get clapping. Oh, okay. See, I don't, I don't need you to do that because I don't need it. Okay. So, Okay, so my last story is kind of pretty interesting. So... Man builds adult-sized little tyke cozy coop and it's street legal. No way. Yes way. This is cool. I know it's kind of cool. So this happened years ago, but this story is from May of 2019. Okay. So um John and and Jeff Jeff spelled different, but I'm assuming that's the British way of spelling it. G E O F F. Yeah, no one F. No, one F. Close enough. Um, it's Jeff. <laughs> Bitmed outgrew their little tight car decades ago, but their their size didn't stop them from reliving childhood memories. The Bitmed brothers built an adult-sized little tight cozy coop. As you can see in this picture, and I will definitely post a picture of this because this is freaking awesome. I want one so bad. You can't have one. There's no windows in that thing. That looks so fun. I would be eating bugs. Yeah, that's true. So... I just thought it was a wonderful idea to make something like that, but real, John told BBC back in 2014. Okay. So, um, it was built, it was a modified Daewoo Matsi, Mati, Matsi, Mat, okay. Matisse, Mat, I don't sure. freaking know. I'm a car person, but that's not. At least it wasn't like I was, the car when you I first said drive. something, I was picturing like a bunch of plastic put over like a four-wheeler. I'm glad that's not the case. <laughs> no, it's an actual car. Like, oh yeah, that's a that's a, a real car, street legal and all, license plate. It's, it's a car. That's cool. But um, the car runs on gas, is capable of going up to seventy miles an hour, has airbags, and like the original, doesn't have any windows. <sighs> I couldn't imagine. And if they're riding on the road, could you imagine an accident? You'd definitely be whipped oh, you'd be out the flying window, flying right out of that thing. Oh, I mean, out the opening. Yeah. 
But this is pretty cool. I would cool. if I could have this for parades or something. I would that definitely would be fun. have just, it. Just cruising around town would be fun in that. Oh thing. heck yeah! I mean, I wouldn't want to necessarily take it on the highway, but no, I'd be too scared. Yeah. So the project, um, this reportedly took the brothers a thousand hours to complete, um, which caused cost several thousand dollars to complete. And initially, they hoped to use the car to raise money for charity. But when that fell through, they listed it on sale on eBay, and there were no biters. Nobody bid on it? Nobody bid on it. So they were unsuccessful at selling the car then, too. Well, at least they got a fun project to get to working together on and, you know, some little bit of fame anyway from being the people that built the little tight car real, you know. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's awesome. It's definitely, I mean, they even have... Like the little tight car right next to yep. the car itself. It is definitely a very, very close model, except for bigger. Uh, it looks like it's car. even smiling. It does. It looks exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. So that that was my last story for well, the that night. Was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I want one. I really do. Um, if you want to... Uh, We're not getting one, though. If you would like to suggest any shows or, or suggest any stories to us or have any comments <laughs> about the stories we've uh, covered... You can always send us an email at outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. You can go to Facebook at outlandishoutcastpodcast.com or Instagram on outlandishcast. Or no, that's Twitter. Twitter is outlandishcasts. Instagram's Instagram outlandishoutcasts. There you go. There you go. Well, or, or you can also leave a review in whatever app you are listening to us on right now. And that would be great. Very helpful. I like reviews, good or bad. Constructive criticism Const- nothing is wrong always with constructive good. criticism and reviews. Let other people know, you know, that you enjoyed the show or didn't enjoy the show, and it can help them uh, make their own opinion and maybe, you know, put it in front of their faces. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Share it on Facebook. Get it out to your friends. Let people know how awesome I am. I don't know about Alan, but I'm just along for the ride. He is. <laughs> anyway <laughs> have a good week everybody bye